Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kinda whatever. Mainly we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Uthie. Amsterdam was terrible, Holden. <laughs> it, was, it was. We'll get that right out of the gate. Uh, don't be expecting some high praise from Amsterdam from us. Uh, but in addition to our review of Amsterdam, we also are going to be reviewing the newest episode of House of the Dragon, um, episode 7, Driftmark. Yeah, I got the episode um, title this time, huh? I know. Well, that's just because I went and flipped through it, so I saw the title this time. There we go. Um and the fifth episode of Andor, which I don't know the title of. The Axe Forgets. Okay. There we go. There we go. Yeah, there we go. All right, let's dive right in. That one movie podcast. But first, Jimmy, we've got to do the Toms. Tom's is a rapid fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Tom's Brokaw, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Brokaw's the highest, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. But before we do the Tom's, we gotta do Tom Trailer Time. Yes. Uh, that's the name that we've always used yes. for this segment. For 170 uh, episodes. Yes. <laughs> uh, the first trailer I think we should talk about is there was a new trailer for Black Panther 2 released, uh, the new MCU film coming out in just a little over a month from now. Jimmy, what do you think of this trailer? Yeah, it's coming out on Armistice Day, Ooh. November 11th, Veterans wow. Day here in the United States, Wakanda nice. forever. Um, looks good. Does that Funny. mean we don't have school on that day? Um, no, we do have school on that day. Oh, okay. We don't honor our veterans at my school. No. Just kidding. <laughs> last year we <laughs> had like school. <laughs> last year we had like a whole half day thing where we were learning different things about veterans. It was pretty cool. Active service members and cool. you know veterans. Uh, so mm-hmm. that was cool. But the Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer, Holden. Um, just get to see a little bit more of everything, and Shuri is definitely the new Black Panther. And yeah, <laughs> I, I don't think it's like that's not even a, a question at this point, really. Which is wow, you know, who could have guessed? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. I thought it was funny that they mentioned like the guy claims to be Cuckoo Khan, and I'm like. I, Cuckoo Khan, he's the feather serpent god of the Aztecs or whatever. And then they're like, he's the feather serpent god of the Aztecs. Um, Because I did a project on him in high school, or on the Aztecs in high school. Chichen Itza. Wow. Um, Yeah, I I wouldn't have known that. So thank you for that insight, Jimmy. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there you go. I just thought that was funny. I'm like, oh, there we go. Some of that mesoamerican history so that gets me excited nothing like a little world history to uh, get yeah. me going <laughs> for Jimmy. Uh, so of all the things that were in the trailer that you know you would think maybe it's the new black panther costume no it's just a little mm. name drop for my guy cuckoo <laughs> khan feathered serpent god yeah. of the aztecs so obviously i'm gonna have yeah. to give it a brokaw 
<laughs> for the name drop. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think this movie, it, it it's very interesting. Um, I don't really know what like direction exactly this is going to take because i like i'm i mean i'm pretty sure like namor who's the cuckoo khan guy um he's like an anti-hero in marvel so like i don't think he's going to be a straight-up antagonist um we'll see if he is like the main antagonist of the movie or not but um i got got a little glimpse of iron heart in her iron man <clears throat> suit um yeah, I don't know. I'm interested. I'll give it a Brokaw. Yeah, I'm just interested to see how they're going to kill T'Challa off screen. Like, how are yeah. they going to say he died? Like, is it... I don't know. What happened? Yeah, hopefully it's respectful. I'm sure it will be. I'm, I feel I feel like they're being very careful with that. So yeah. They're like, man, that was such an unfortunate accident when T'Challa slipped off, slipped on that banana peel. Yeah, hit his head on the rock. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he was always a klutz, though, that T'Challa. Yeah, classic T'Challa klutz. Yeah. Um, anyway, next trailer, uh, we'll talk about Violent Night, um, which was a movie I was not aware of prior to this week. But then I just kind of saw the trailer pop up, and I watched it, and I'm like, this looks really interesting. <laughs> this looks, like, really dumb, but really funny. What did you think of it? Um, <laughs> is this streaming? Is this a Netflix thing? I think it's theatrical. Theatrical, Okay. Um, I it's a great idea. How has this not been done yet? Or it's just Santa <laughs> Claus comes up and beats up a bunch of people. Yeah, it's like it, it's a home invasion type movie, but Santa Claus is the one that's doing the kicking. Yeah, it's, it's Die Hard, <laughs> but instead of Bruce Willis, it's Santa Claus. Yeah, yeah. So so now it's like it, now it's like an actual Christmas Die Hard movie. Yeah, I watched the trailer just when it came up, and I didn't rewatch it before the podcast just because there was one of those things. It's like oh, I don't want to remember any of this when I go sit down and see it in the movie theater because it shows quite a bit it does so yeah Yeah, I thought it it I like the concept we'll see if the execution is there but it got me intrigued for violent night with David Arbor so uh broke off for me yeah it's got the producers behind uh nobody and bullet train on it which I mean producer doesn't mean anything but um or it means a lot so who knows or it means a lot (laughs) yeah (laughs) So we'll see. I, we'll, we'll hope it's hopefully it's like those movies that were both pretty entertaining. Um, I like the um, the <laughs> the one liners that he uses in this. I won't say it since I you know want you to experience that again in the theaters. But they're very funny, and I hope there's even more than what were in the trailer. Um, yeah, it just seems like a lot of fun. Broke off from me. Awesome, Holden. And then the final uh, trailer we have this week was for the Super Mario Bros. movie. Um, this is the new animated Mario film from Illumination. Been long in the works, um, and a lot of people were eagerly anticipating seeing something. Jimmy, what do you think of this trailer? Uh, well, hold on. Having played almost all of Super Mario Bros. this summer with my <laughs> lovely wife, Emily, uh you know i think it looks like a fun movie so mm-hmm. i you know i got a kick out of the humor in there uh the penguins and toad mm-hmm. screaming not to eat a mushroom at mario but they, oh no that's okay actually <laughs> this one's okay i thought <laughs> i thought it was pretty fun now they very wisely i think sparingly had chris pratt's voice in the trailer so we'll see how that goes in the yeah. actual movie <laughs> 
But uh, yeah, no, I think it looks fun. I think the animation actually looks quite good, which I would not say about all of Illumination's movies. But yeah, yeah. it seems like there's a lot more time and effort that has gone into the animation. The lighting is very nice. Yeah, yeah, it, it was it was wise picking that Bowser scene for the first bit because that looked. I thought that whole scene looked great. Yeah. Um, yeah, and Super Mario Bros. Are so I mean, there's so many fun places to go with it, and you got so many fun mm-hmm. characters in there. So I'm excited. So I'm gonna give it a broke off, Holden. I was pessimistic, but I think it looks like fun. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the fact that Nintendo has been like so thoroughly involved in it, like I mean, when the title card comes up, it says Nintendo and Illumination presents. Like it, it clearly Nintendo is not letting another. 90s mario movie happen (laughs) yeah that's why that's why they haven't really made many movies with their license licenses since then um but yeah jack black is bowser i was really surprised by the voice there i figured it was going to be more just jack black being funny kind of thing but he actually is putting on a voice for it sounds good um yeah i'm excited brokaw yeah very good. All right, three brokaws for three trailers. Now let's get that's the end of our Tom's trailer time segment. Now on yes. to the Toms. Yes. Uh so first off, uh we got confirmation that there's a new M Night Shyamalan movie coming out just over a year from Knock at the Cabin. <laughs> he it's is becoming He's a machine. Wow. Yeah, he's cr- he's cranking him out. This one's coming out April 5th, 2024, Jimmy. Um, nothing there's no title or anything it's just a release date confirmation but i just wanted to bring it up because it is so soon after that last one well any opportunity we get to say shlama lama ding dong yeah it's a broke off from me uh, i was just yeah. th- i was just thinking it's weird how m night Shyamalan is one of the people that can just make whatever he wants in hollywood like most of his movies are not good, but he does, still somehow gets to make whatever he wants. Does he finance them though? Yeah, I think. Well, I think for like the visit and split, he might have. But I, I don't know. He's getting. He's with Universal with all of these, so I don't know if they're paying for it or what. I don't know. Regardless, Shh. I mean, he's making Shaman what he wants ding. to make, so good for him. Well, as long as he keeps coming out with movies, so I remember how to spell his name off the top of my head. Yeah, I mean, there's the A after the Y. I always forget about that bit. Well, there's three uh, A's. Yeah, totally. I always forget A. where the Y goes. It's Shai Amalan. Shamamalan. Yes. Which I did spell right in my notes here, so good job myself for that. Um, yeah, uh, Brokaw, more M Night Shyamalan. Yeah, Brokaw. There, it's at least going to be entertaining. Yes, that can be guaranteed. Uh, Avatar sequels, Jimmy. Um, so oh we've boy. got Avatar 2 coming out this December. Um, and <laughs> previously, I think we were kind of under the general impression that they were filming like two and three like together. And then maybe we'd wait and see how two does before we do any of four and five. But apparently the entire first act of Avatar 4 is already filmed. So they are going all in on this, Jimmy. <laughs> There's no and by waiting. filmed, you mean they pointed the camera at people wearing ping pong ball suits? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure that's what they did. <laughs> um, all right. You yeah, know, I th- well, didn't James Cameron be like, "Oh man, yeah, four is when everything really comes together," or something? Did he say that? I don't know. <laughs> I, well, didn't he say that? I don't know if I'm gonna do four and five. Oh yeah. And we thought, well, maybe that's that. 
a bad thing, but then he's like, well, you know, but four is also kind of a big deal, so maybe I will do it. I don't know. I feel like he's just going to do all of them. We haven't even seen the second one. This is I, three <laughs> movies. There's two, three. There's two movies going to come out before then. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's two movies that are at least fully filmed, uh, it seems. And then a third that is in the process. This is and like. I'm sure they're just. They're going to make all of them, I'm sure. That. That. Avatar re-release did really well, so I think I I don't think they're gonna be worried about these not making money. Yeah, because nobody remembers what happens in the first one. <laughs> um, yeah. I one of the things that people like one of the theories behind why it's not as like culturally relevant as like a Star Wars or a Harry Potter is that it's like people are guessing that's like you can't. There's not as much like merchandising around it. It's not like, oh, I'm going to go get a Pandora shirt or something. I don't know. It's just not as iconic as some of the other stuff. Even even from the the most basic stance, like they took so long to get a sequel out. Like you have Star Wars that had a sequel in the 70s, 80s within three years two or three years three years i think it was 80s i think is empire strikes back yeah so i mean you had that movie that came out like because you know banking off of the success of the first one um and here we have avatar 13 years later finally coming out with one because i think avatar what like it was popular i would argue like people still were pretty into it for like a couple years after it came out people were like still enjoyed that movie but they just didn't capitalize on it in time i don't know all i want to know is when is the original avatar coming back to disney plus (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) i don't want to pay to see that movie again um yeah James Cameron. I'm going to watch it on my phone just to annoy him. Yeah, the way it's meant to be seen, truly. The way of water. Yeah. Um, um, Avatar 4, uh, Bergeron. <laughs> Bergeron, wow. Uh, it kind of reminds me of The Lord of the Rings, how they made them all at once. Except there's already yeah. been one of these 13 yeah. years ago. Honestly, Lord of the Rings is a bigger gamble, probably. Oh, a much say. bigger gamble. Yeah, yeah, there was there, there was nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's not like they had one that came out that made was literally the highest grossing movie of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see how this one does. It'll probably make a billion. I'm I'm more curious to see how are how is Avatar four gonna do. I think that's much yeah, more interesting than returns. Yeah, because that's <laughs> the way it always is. So we'll see. We'll see. Maybe these will keep getting better and better, and it'll keep making more and more money, Jimmy. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, El Muerto, Jimmy. Uh, now, speaking of highly anticipated films, um, El Muerto, the uh, wrestler movie, the Spider-Man villain guy, uh, the Bad Bunny is playing. Uh, we have a director attached to it. It's going to be played by uh, J- uh, Jonas Cuaron. Um, who had previously directed a couple of films I've never heard of uh, called Desierto and Z. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't know. 
Wow, what a noteworthy piece of news, Holden. Bergeron. Yeah, well, I have nothing to say about El Muerto it. Fans, all of our El Muerto fans that listen to this podcast, I needed to update them. Okay. Thank <laughs> you for that. I will never get those 60 seconds of my life back. What is? Yeah, what else do we have? Uh, you're going gonna to rate it, Jimmy? El I said Bergeron. You're not even listening oh, okay. to me, Holden. Okay, I'll give, I'll give it a Bergeron. Yeah, I don't listen to Jimmy. Yeah, We knew that. Um, Jimmy, it sounds like Patty Jenkins is certainly doing Wonder Woman 3 next because she has already finished the script for it, apparently. Uh, in an interview this week, she said that uh, this is she got she got the um, motivation to get working on this and said that this is the end of a three movie arc, which okay. I, don't, I don't understand how that's the case because don't I don't see the the arc that was started in one and two really how are you gonna how are they gonna bring back chris pine in this one yeah um and make it even weirder so let's let's bring it back and yeah bring it back in the same guy's body again i feel like that would be weirder than the first time around because they they figured out how wrong it was but they just decide to do it again that is such wonder woman 84 is not a good movie <laughs> yikes <laughs> no. And it's so weird. Like, it's such a strange movie. I'm kind of fascinated with it because <laughs> like, there's just a lot in it and there's just a lot wrong with it. And I, th- I think it's really funny. It's just everything. that what- Like they were so sure of themselves with that Chris Pine plot point. They just did not see how creepy it was. Yes. Yikes. <laughs> At least Pedro Pascal had fun. Yeah. It still made a, a bunch of money. Check out of it. Um, Wonder Woman 3. Well, the first one was pretty good until the last act, and I have not seen mm-hmm. it since it came out. And the second one was pretty terrible, so we'll see how this one goes. And also, R- Rogue Squadron, just another nail in the coffin. That that movie will <laughs> never be made. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not happening. And also, Cleopatra. Oh, yeah, Cleopatra. I don't I don't think she's directing that anymore. I think someone else is doing it. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think I do remember. We probably talked about that on the podcast at some point. Anyway, uh, I'm going to give Wonder Woman 3 being written uh, and completed a a Bergeron overall, uh, a Bombadil uh, for this fact that we're probably not getting Rogue Squadron now. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll just echo what those exact ratings. Let's see. Yeah, I don't remember. I can't find the Cleopatra stuff. Fair enough. There we go. Doesn't matter. Doesn't. We're moving on. Cleopatra doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, doesn't matter. Um, and then my final piece of news for today uh, is that the Oregon Trail, Jimmy, you ever play that game? Oh, yeah. Uh, apparently, it's being turned into a musical movie uh, by Josh Gordon and Will Speck, who are just hot off of that uh, Lyle Lyle Crocodile movie. Oh, wow. Um, but it's also being, the songs are going to be written by the songwriters behind the greatest showman. Unfortunately, I did not write their names down. So, um, but yeah, new musical comedy about the Oregon trail, Jimmy. If, what do you think of that? If there is not a song about dysentery, that is oh, yeah. the biggest missed opportunity. There's hundred percent going to be, there's already, um, I may have talked about it on the podcast before, but there is like an Oregon Trail musical um, that was made by like 
this college group that went viral and you can get it now and it is hilarious Hmm. it is probably one of my favorite musicals i've watched recordings of it and augustana actually did it last year the college that we went to uh the student theater society did it. the university holden show some respect the the university um yeah but no it it's fantastic so i hope it's very r-rated and raunchy like that because i feel like that works best for something like oregon trail just like lyle lyle crocodile what if they marketed yeah. <laughs> that as a kid's movie and then it's just heavy rated R? <laughs> About 10 minutes in, Lyle goes feral, starts yeah, eating Lyle kids. Starts, it just turns into crawl, too. Oh, no, my baby. <laughs> uh, Oregon Trail Musical. I want to give it a Brokaw. I think that sounds entertaining. I'm going to give it a Bergeron. Why don't they just make the one that, that's already good? This is true. I also agree with that, but I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. Um, that is it, I believe, Jimmy. I just saw that uh, since we had talked about it earlier that uh, we had said that Keanu Reeves was going to do the Devil in the White City show, and apparently he's just not anymore. So wait, really? Yeah. So that that uh, continues to just be in development hell. So well, that's. That's disappointing. It is, because <laughs> now it's just back to never happening. Yeah. Along with Rogue Squadron. Um yeah, so bummer. Bombadil. Bombadil for that. Yeah. Um before we move on, just say uh we aren't we'll do Werewolf by Night next week, I think. We don't we I forgot to mention to Jimmy that it's out. And I also completely forgot to mention at the end of last week's podcast. So well, we'll talk about that next week, but if we mm-hmm. are done with Tom's, then I think we'll get on to uh, the House of the Dragon episode that was this week. Drift yes. Mark. Drift Mark, some hot D. All right. Hot D, episode seven, Drift Mark. Uh, pretty big episode, Jimmy. Um do you want to start? I can start holding. Yeah, Driftmark. It's the one that takes place entirely at Driftmark. You know, you had the cool funeral wow. thing for Lena at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, who is Damon Targaryen's wife? She got burned to a crisp by big old Vagar in episode mm-hmm. six. So I thought that was a cool scene. You get the tension. You got the whole sequence where they're out on that little balcony or or not i don't know i don't know what to call that area i don't know patio (laughs) patio i think patio is best um so yeah you get just good all the different tensions going on all that stuff happening i think the standout scenes to talk about are obviously like the kids fighting and the the end of the movie the kids fighting the reaction of the kids fighting and the the whole Mm -hmm. sequence at the end of the episode so uh, do you want to jump do we should just talk about those since it's been a week holden i will say jimmy uh it looks like my audio went back up so it's just like (laughs) when you're editing uh (laughs) right around this time it 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 should be corrected but okay just to let you know it went down it might have happened when we had a little flub earlier oh great sounds great holden but yes, let's let's go to what you were saying. Yeah, well, we haven't had any technical difficulties in a while, so we were due for some. We were about due for some. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
so yeah, I was gonna say that uh, the first the first scene is the fight between the kids. So obviously, Eamon goes out and just steals the dragon. Kind of a low blow. Yeah. Also, I, probably I, risky, right? Because he could have just gotten torched. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't have been able to do that. That that was. I mean, I almost got to respect it, even though it was a dick move. Yeah, I think it would have been nice to like set up that process and what it looks like and what it looks like to fail at that process. So maybe you have some other, you maybe even have what's her face, the daughter who was upset that she didn't get, do it, like try to like tame Vagar and, and earlier on in the episode or something to just set up that this is a difficult process. Cause Eamon just comes, he's just like, Oh, settle down Vagar. And it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Before we talk about the good parts of this episode, this episode <laughs> looked like poo. The, the yeah. night scenes. I don't know what's wrong with Miguel Sapochnik and his ability <laughs> to shoot night scenes. I mean, obviously he has a director of photography, but he also did The Long Night, which I don't... I mean, I have not seen it since it came out. But I thought The Long Night, the darkness of it, kind of added to the episode. And like, ooh, it's kind of spooky and... I saw uh, yeah. it okay. This one, it just looked bad. <laughs> <laughs> it was just, it, it It was dark for no reason. And uh, have you seen, like, the thing that, like, these were filmed during the day, right? Yeah, I saw all the promo images. I'm like, this is just, like, got to be a really bad day-to-night effect. Yeah, because uh, I, I know at least in the promo images you saw, like, um Rhaenyra and Damon kind of together on the beach and whatever and that was filmed in broad daylight um so I don't I don't like yeah the day to night effect is just not doing it and it's honest it's had a very similar reaction to um that long night sequence that you had mentioned um it's probably more annoying here because I agree it does kind of add a little bit to that episode of Game of Thrones but even though I'm still not completely sold uh at the nighttime stuff in that but here it's just insufferable and I'm glad for once it's not just uh me and my tv you know yeah because I was watching this on my my nice tv and I'm like this just looks (laughs) bad (laughs) (laughs) um yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know why they insist on, on making it look like this. Maybe it was supposed to be during the day, and they're like, wait a second, that doesn't make any sense for this timeline of events. Mm. And they had to, you know, didn't have enough resources or uh, whatever. They couldn't coordinate reshoots or something, so they just had to do their best with it. But, yeah, I don't just just either just do it inside or get a fire going or something. I don't know. Well, and it, it's it's strange to me because I like the complaints came out and like within a couple days, I think HBO put out a statement that was like, oh, this is all like an artistic choice. And I'm like, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> like maybe I mean, if it's nighttime, sure, that could be an artistic choice. But for it to look this bad, I don't that does. It doesn't feel like it was meant to look bad, <laughs> like <laughs> meant to look muddy and everything. Yeah. Uh, and I don't even think it's like a compression thing. It's just like there's not mm-hmm. enough contrast uh, in anything to like. <laughs> it just looks muddy and and mm-hmm. bad. Yeah. So that just get that out of the way. But I still think the contents of the episode were quite good. So that that's a good thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So the the fight between the kids. Eamon just comes back. He's got all the confidence. He's like, 
the kid who got bullied in middle school who now hit his growth spurt in high school and he's just jacked and he's like all right time for my revenge yeah give you guys the wedgies by uh claiming vagar and also again not a not a cool thing to do but uh yeah and then he just get, they that's just a brutal fight a too and uh getting yeah getting cut in the eye ouch i was i was actually thinking when that happened was gonna die or something <laughs> yeah i was like someone i i was like they, they had the rock there's a lot of good red herrings in that mm-hmm. um yeah and uh amen just loses one of his eyes and you get to see that and that's gross and the uh, subsequent scene reminded me a lot of uh, season one of Game of Thrones when Arya like hurts Joffrey and Cersei, mm-hmm. uh, or Arya hurts Joffrey and then the dire wolf like bites Joffrey's hand when he tries to attack her or whatever. Oh yeah. And then uh, Nymeria, the dire wolf, Arya like sends her away and Cersei's like, you gotta kill Sansa's direwolf now and whatever and she just wants blood and all that uh mm-hmm. i would definitely say that allison is very much a cersei lannister character in this <laughs> scene just wanting revenge for something that happened to her child i thought it was very similar and then also you have robert baratheon in game of thrones trying to you know okay this is let's not make this a bigger deal than it is and mm-hmm. And Viserys is kind of doing the same thing here. Again, I love Viserys. Just going, let's just all get along, everybody. This Yeah. <laughs> Guys, why can't we just be friends? We're family. I mean, look at this. Anybody says anything about my the heirs, I'm going to just cut out their tongues. And Aegon's like, Dad, everybody knows this isn't the case. Like, yeah. I didn't hear this from anywhere. I just know it because everybody knows it. Um, Yeah. <laughs> And then at the end, Eamon's like, you know what? It's really not a big deal, guys, because I got the dragon. It's like, where was where was that thought process an hour <laughs> yeah. ago when your mom was trying to kill Rhaenyra? Yeah, no, the, the whole scene was, it's probably my favorite scene of the show so far, honestly. Just how tense it was and Allison's outburst and... I, Allison, I'm I'm really liking Allison in general so far, like, as a character and her just kind of descent into what she's becoming and yeah from being just this very soft-spoken girl to now this queen who everyone seems to think is going mad because she tried to (laughs) cut out her uh her uh what would that be what would Rhaenyra's kid to her be to her oh gosh I'm not good at doing (laughs) relative (laughs) math yeah I don't know don't want to think about that but anyway her um, husband's or nep- what? It's her step grandson. Would that be it? Her husband's daughter's. Yeah, her step grandkids. Okay. I guess. Yeah, I guess that would be it. So her step grandkids. Um, I. I like Kristen being like, uh, nope. <laughs> I yeah, I but- swore to protect you. <laughs> <laughs> I like how he truly it's like I don't know about that I'm not I you know I don't like Rhaenyra anymore but taking kids eyes out I'm not sure about yeah, that yeah the first good thing that Kristen has done in a while which is funny because you like compare again compared to the hound in Game of Thrones who's just like mm-hmm. would do that in a heartbeat but also probably yeah. has a higher moral standing overall 
than Sir Kristen does. Yeah, that's true. Um, so I love that. And then I also love Damon just sitting in the back and just watching this all go down, his arms folded, <laughs> you know, arms crossed, leaning against weird. the wall. I love how they just show the different perspectives. They've done a really good job of doing that and, and establishing these tensions and these dynamics within any environment mm-hmm. between all these characters. So well done on them for, for being able to for them being able to do that. Um yeah, uh, yeah, it was a very good scene. Anything else to say about that scene in particular? Uh, no, I don't think so. Just pretty great. Loved it. I also like uh, what a couple of the good moments too. I mean, obviously we have um, Rhaenyra and Damon having their thing. I was like, they're gonna get it on. There's too much tension between them. They can't not yeah. get together when when they're together. Like, um, so there's that scene again. You can't see anything. <laughs> maybe that's for the best that was probably sure the to. weakest part of the episode i think is their whole interaction along the shore yeah i it felt rushed even though like obviously their relationship is um has been built up to like pretty much this whole time it's just it feels very sudden uh post the time jump and this is really the first time they've interacted you know since since that time jump um so yeah, it it seemed rushed a bit, I think. Yeah, um, but a, a moment I was going to bring up was Corliss and talking to Rennie's his wife, the fire, and how Rennie's is like, are we really going to side with Rhaenyra and these kids that are clearly not Lenor's kids? Corliss is like, it doesn't, it doesn't effing matter. Like, yeah, they have the Valerian name. Like that is all that matters is the name. Nobody cares what the blood is. And I thought that was a really cool line because when he says it in the trailer, like nobody remembers blood. I thought he was like talking about like the people dying for something. I'm like, oh, no, he literally means like your relatives, like who like if you're actually related and whatnot. So, yeah, I didn't I, I, I didn't think that's I what the quote was going to mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, Holden, we have the whole sequence at the end uh, with Lenor saying, you know what? I've been a bad hubby. I'm going to make it up to you. And Rhaenyra was like, no, that's okay. <laughs> uh, we'll figure this out. And um, she and Damon were just destined to get together uh, for better or worse. Uh, at least yeah. it's just out out in the open now. Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they. I mean, if you've watched the episode, hopefully, it's spoiler discussion, they... Frame it so it looks that looks like Lenor has died this awful death by fire, but he's actually escaped with Carl with the Q off to Essos, mm-hmm. where nobody knows people by names but by the amount of gold they have. So, presumably to live happily ever after, unless he comes back. Apparently, in the books, or in the book, the book, he uh, is like he dies mysteriously. Huh. So maybe this is like what actually happened, you know, uh, in the book. Yeah, but and in the book, it's like we just think he died, but like they don't know why he died like that and all mm-hmm. that. Um, I think it would have been better if they just killed him. Honestly, I think that would have made Rhaenyra more interesting if she I, if she <laughs> killed Lenor to or had Lenor killed to marry Damon. I kind of agree, but at the same time, I like 
for a lot of that sequence, I th- I thought it was real, and my only thought was just like, I I've like lost all sympathy for these people. Like, if this is why, because I don't know, I I just I'm I'm not I I still think Rhaenyra and Damon are pretty weird, and that whole pairing, and so you know to kill someone for that i'm just not totally sold and but i i think i'm fine with it this way so then i at least am like well you know they're not complete monsters <laughs> <laughs> yeah um i wonder if i'm i'm guessing damon would just have killed them if it was just up to him oh yeah yeah but that's the Rhaenyra side. I mean, they did kill a random person <laughs> so or a guard that's true so i guess that's true so you're you're okay with them killing a random guard, but they can't kill a lord. <laughs> I see how it is, Holden. Yeah, I see. I'm I'm supporting the elite. Yeah. Mm. Very no, nice. No, I mean, it, it, I do like that they both are like they're kind of willing to just do what they want to get what they want. But I I prefer that Rhaenyra has some sort of moral code to an extent, at least. Like she's not completely ruthless. Yeah. Um, I have no idea what's gonna happen this week, Holden. Um, yeah. Apparently, maybe supposedly there's another time jump. Yeah, because it looked like Aemond was older in the trailer, but I that's the only thing I remember from the trailer was him looking like Mad Eye Moody. <laughs> Potter. Yeah, uh, that's. I mean, that's cool. Uh, probably the last time jump. We thought the previous one was gonna be the final one, but. Um, yeah, if the kids are going to be older, yeah, well, let's just be done with the time jumps. Yeah. Let's have this be the last let's one. Let's have it be the last one. I agree. Um, but yeah, we have three more episodes of some mm-hmm. Hot D. And uh, yeah, stay tuned next week for our, our spoiler discussion of episode eight. Anything else yeah. you want to add on to this review, Holden? Uh, no, I don't think so. Awesome. Next time when two people are just walking along the beach, just give them a torch. Yeah, give them a torch, you know, have the moon be a little brighter, you know, the moon is there. Just augment the lighting. Yeah. <laughs> just just don't darken it as much as you did. It was already it was already daytime. It was already well lit. Like, come on. I don't know. Uh yeah. All right. Let's talk about some Andor, huh? Yep, some Andor. All right, uh, Andor episode five, uh, the axe forgets. The axe forgets. Holden forgets the title. Yeah, Holden forgets. The, yeah, I mean, that's how it always is. Uh, but yeah, fifth episode of Andor. Very, uh, very much enjoy the last four episodes. Uh, Jimmy, what would you think of this one? Yeah, I thought this was a necessary bridge episode. Spoiler discussion, by the way. Uh, a necessary bridge episode where you can't just dive into the next plot point, which is this whole kind of heist, heist. Um, because that would seem very rushed and that you don't really know this team all that well yet. So you needed an episode where you had some character moments between this team, some preparing for the heist mm-hmm. and then letting you fill in some of the gaps too with like Mon Mothma and uh, Stellan Skarsgård character and even our guy talking our punchable face guy talking to his mom and eating cereal yeah. <laughs> with some blue milk 
So yeah, I thought it, I I just thought it was like you know this is not going to be the one that you circle as like oh yeah this was one of the key episodes but mm-hmm. unnecessary episode for the for the show and I thought these character moments were pretty nice for the most part. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, it is it is like you said not the most exciting episode, um, but the conversations were really good. Made me appreciate these characters a lot more. Um, even like the moments between Punchable Face Guy uh, and his mom, because I I liked those scenes because it's just cementing that I think he's going down the path that I wanted him to go down. Yeah, he's like still he's got like the hologram of Cassie and Andor still. He's like mm-hmm. mm, I'm gonna get this guy. Yeah, he's he's just like his mom constantly nags and berates him and stuff, and he doesn't appreciate it. Obviously, he wants him to find a job and. Uh, but yeah, I think he's just gonna he's just gonna become a a loose cannon and go after Andor on his own or something or team up with our Imperial Lady. Yeah, perhaps. your prospects aren't looking good. Yeah, yeah, Imperial Lady is staying up, staying late at the office with her, you know, little little buddy. Mm-hmm. Just a couple coworkers just staying late to uh, help their <laughs> fascist government. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I again, I, I like those moments too. I, I think they're setting up these smaller characters in the Empire to try to bring the the axe down on the rebels. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm even though we only got one scene with her, and I mean we've only seen her a little in a few scenes before. I am liking that Imperial officer character. She's, um, I don't know. She just seems like she's trying to work her way up in the ranks but is also just trying to stay afloat in this kind of on this new territory for her and she's trying to impress everyone and i kind of like that angle yeah and i mean even the analogy that the episode is based on or the metaphor whatever is the most applicable figurative language term here holden you should know this you're the english guy uh how i don't even remember what the story was but he's like the the tree remembers, but the axe forgets. Mm-hmm. Um, I almost think that that applies more to these imperial characters than it does the rebels. It's like they're yeah. like, oh, the Re- the empire did this to us, so and they, it's just another thing for them. But to us, it changes everything. And like you look at Punchable Face Guy, which is <laughs> it's just canonical name now. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like they dismissed him, and they didn't think anything of dismissing him, but like he is obsessed with this, like. The, the axe cut him down. They forgot about it, but he is the tree remembering it. Mm-hmm. And even uh, the Imperial uh, CIA lady who's just like, or ISB, whatever they called it, um, she, you know, Kyburn just dismisses her. Okay, nothing of it, whatever. We notice you're doing nice work. Keep it up, keep it up sort of thing. Doesn't think anything of it, but she's obsessed with this, making this, right? So Kyburn, the axe is forgetting. The tree is remembering. Think yeah. it's applying more to them than even the rebels. Yeah, honestly, I think you're right. I thought it was cool to see that one guy who's like the the commander or whatever his role is at or lieutenant or whatever his role is in the empire. Um, yeah, kind of their mold, just kind of him operating this place and managing all these people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. And they're like, "Oh, sir, that." there's only one bright spot of being on this planet and if nobody can see the celebration morale's gonna be down (laughs) they're like can we please have the christmas party 
<laughs> yeah, no, I liked those scenes as well. I thought those were surprisingly uh, comedic and everything uh, alongside the rest of the episode. Yeah. So, yeah, just a lot of little things. I honestly don't think there's that much to say. I mean, you got Cassian being paranoid that they're going to steal his thing that's worth like 50,000 credits or whatever. I'm like, okay. Mm-hmm. They're trying to build some tension in the team. I'm guessing someone's going to betray them. Like, right? Someone's got to be. That's what I was thinking, but I also, I'm trying to figure out who that would be. I don't know. I, I, I honestly still don't feel that attached to the rest of his team at the moment. I think there's just too many people on the team. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, maybe I'll that I'll change my mind as the season goes on. And, and maybe the mole won't be revealed until later on, but I would think that they're setting up somebody. Yeah, I would think so too. I, I feel like there has to be some sort of wrench thrown into the plan like that. and So I don't know which one it'll be, but I'm interested for sure. Um, I don't know. I like that. I, I liked the bits of the episode where Cassian was just like correcting them on things on this plan that they've had for so long. Yeah. And then he's just like, you guys are idiots. Like you guys <laughs> like, don't even know how to take off with the sh- your getaway ship sort of deal. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, well, he's like, what were you planning on doing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I thought that was pretty great. Um, and it showed how he is actually of some use to the team as opposed to just an extra hand. And he's like, you yeah. should stand over there because you're left-handed. And they're like, well, yeah. what hand do, do I use? And he's noticed all of them and all the all of the little things, Holden. If I learned anything from that movie, the little things. It's all the little things that matter. Yeah, the, the little things that you forget or whatever. I don't remember what that tra- that movie. Whatever said, Denzel yeah. Washington said. Yes. Um, oh, I did. I the, the scene with the Tie Fighter flying by. Mm-hmm. That was cool. I liked that. Um, it's. I think that's a good example of what the show does well in turning things that, you know, in other star Wars movies, aren't that huge of a threat and kind of making it seem more imposing. Um, just because, you know, if this one tie fight lone tie fighter spots them, it's all over for them or spots what they're doing. Um, so yeah, I, I like that a lot. Yeah. It feels like they're actual stakes instead of just mm-hmm. things that are out to be there for cannon fodder. Which I'm sure we'll have plenty of cannon fodder in the next episode when we get to see the heist. Yeah, yeah. The next episode, I think, will be very action-packed and exciting. Very excited for that. And even in the moment at the end when you have Stellan Skarsgård's character, whatever Mm -hmm. his name is, (laughs) uh, just trying to... Luthen? Isn't it like Luthen? Oh, Luthen, yeah. Luthen. Uh... I, that's uh, man i'm loose in my mind over this plot <laughs> that's all i could think of there but he's he's uh worried about what's gonna happen he's caring he's trying to like wait for the transmission to see how it went and his wife is like just it, you're not gonna know anything just sitting there you just gotta do something else are they married i thought so but maybe i'm just making that up in my head okay i just assumed they were co-workers like or something but um yeah, no, I really liked that, too, because it, it was like a, a vulnerability to his character that we haven't really seen. Um, that he's not just this gruff, no-nonsense, you know, do-whatever-for-the-rebellion. Um, he is, you know, genuinely worried about, like, what's going to happen and, like, what could, what the fallout could be if, if it goes wrong. Yeah, it's all over, basically. Yeah. 
essentially yeah sounds good anything else to say holden uh yeah i just wanted to mention again the mon mothma stuff which Mm -hmm. i i feel like a lot of people could be bored by but i like genuinely am intrigued by her like family life (laughs) like her, her relationship with her family and uh uh, how it seems to be very poor, poss- likely because of her spending all this time with the rebellion and everything. So I, I hope that's fleshed out even further. Yeah. All right. Sweet. I think that's it though for me on this. That's it for me too. So Holden, let's go on to our non-spoiler review of Amsterdam. All right, uh, so Amsterdam, uh, it's the new drama, ensemble drama film from David O. Russell, uh, who I just want to say is apparently a very bad person um, from what I've read, not even just alleged, just like <laughs> straight up confirmed. So we're not endorsing anything um, and we're certainly not endorsing this movie because um, this movie uh, is hot doo-doo. So if you don't want to support David or Russell, uh, don't feel like you're missing out on anything with this one. Just don't go see it because it is it's not good. Jimmy. It is one (laughs) of the most boring movies I've ever seen. Yeah, (laughs) I you I hold in since I've switched away from the uh, one to ten rating system and I've moved to the who's this movie for? Who's it not for (laughs) this movie? I cannot think of a single person who would like this movie? I mean, I'm sure people yeah. do. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I cannot understand why you would like this movie. And I would love to know why someone likes it. I just, there was at no point did I enjoy watching this movie. I, my mind started drifting. Not, I'm not joking. Two minutes into this movie. I caught myself <laughs> thinking about something else. Um, And I, and the way I'll just describe this is the first half of this movie, I was fighting to stay awake. I was mm-hmm. I was like catching myself starting to doze off. I'm like, no, I, I got to review this. I have to stay awake. I hate this movie so much that the second half of the movie, I was trying to fall asleep. <laughs> I gave up and I did. I just slept for probably 15 minutes of this movie towards the end. Uh, yeah, there, and let me tell you, I don't think I missed anything. <laughs> no, probably not. Um, there, yeah, there were a few times where I looked over at Jimmy and he was asleep, and I thought about waking him up because I was like, "Well, if he sleeps this whole time, what are we going to talk about?" But then I realized I don't care. It's whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy can enjoy himself here, and if he's if he's happier sleeping, he's he can certainly do that. Um, but yeah, <laughs> this movie is. There's there's almost nothing there's there is basically nothing redeeming redeeming about it in my eyes because uh, so the big selling point of this the thing that the trailers and everything are really pushing the the poster and whatnot is the ensemble cast which this movie does have a very stacked cast of actors um, I mean you got the main trio Christian Bale Margot Robbie John David Washington beyond that you've got people like Anya Taylor Joy Robert De Niro uh, Mike Myers all of them. Um, the thing is, all of these people feel like they're being held at gunpoint in this movie. <laughs> I swear. Like, I, aside from maybe Christian Bale and Margot Robbie, like, uh, they're fine, I think. Um, but everyone else, I like, 
could not care less about being in this movie and i like they there's clearly no passion and some of them i would argue are just straight up bad in this movie <laughs> like i think probably the worst ones are uh, zoe saldana who is supposed to be this love interest for christian bale and is so visibly bored i have not seen someone who is more visibly bored in a movie than her <laughs> like she is supposed to she they're supposed to have this romantic chemistry and there's just nothing there i could not buy their relationship for a second and the other one is anya taylor joy who i like just feels like she's trying to play for a different movie and like just doesn't understand what she's doing in this i'd honestly say her performance is like bad which is strange because she is a very good actress i don't know what do you what do you have to say about the cast jimmy (laughs) um christian bale really put his heart into this movie and props for doing that um what that also means so (laughs) here's my problem with this movie first off every scene is just going to some other people and talking to them about what's happening and every scene lasts 50% to twice as long than it needs to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, it's just, God. And it's got all these inner monologues that's just, okay, if you, I don't want to say all inner monologues in movies are bad, but you re, they really have to be good to pull them off. And these are just not, they don't add anything to the movie. No. They're just stating obvious things or repeating information or adding things that are irrelevant for apparently the sake of the characters who I don't care about at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it is just beyond boring. I was shifting around in my seat every three minutes because I was just getting so restless. I could not handle it. And it's two hours and 15 minutes long, (laughs) yet nothing happens. There are elements of this movie that you would think would be interesting, but they just aren't at all. Like, it is just (laughs) the most boring thing I've ever sat through. And I hated the movie Men, but at least that, like, at least there were some things where I'm like, oh, that at least is stupid. Or that is, you know, just something I'm not going to forget. Or this is nicely shot. This movie is just boring. There's nothing really creative about it. I would say the production design looks nice because it's like old. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Any any movie that's set in this time period at this point will likely just have good production design because it's so well practiced. But there's not really any creativity in the cinematography. Mm-hmm. It's just people sitting in a room talking to each other and then they and go somewhere else and sit in a room and talk to each other. The movie is lit like a like a Zack Snyder DC movie too, kind of like it's just brown. <laughs> it's there's no, it is in terms of like lighting and color. It is probably one of the it, it thinks it's really pretty. Um, that's one thing I will say. It, it thinks it's like this beautiful movie, and there's certain shots that you can tell that the cinematographer is like really proud of it. But it's really all just brought down by this awful color grading, <laughs> like that just makes the whole movie look like poop. I was looking forward to this movie. I thought this movie was going to look good, and then I get to the theater, and Holden's like, oh, I got low expectations for this." The review, I was like, "What? The rev- the reviews are bad, huh?" And uh, I hadn't heard anything about that until we walked in. So my expectations are lowered, and my goodness, <laughs> I like I don't need, I, I don't understand how they got all these people to do this role. 
Like, how much blackmail does this man have on all these actors and actresses? Well, some of them I know are, like, previous collaborators. Like, I think Christian Bale was in American Hustle. I had forgotten that Robert De Niro was in Silver Linings Playbook, but he is uh, in that movie. So, like, some of them are previous collaborators. I'm sure, like, whatever he calls them up and they're just like, yeah, whatever. Um, But a lot of them, yeah, I don't, I don't, especially, okay, one of the ones I want to mention is Michael Shannon probably has like the weirdest small role in this movie. Um, this very well-known, talented actor who is just in this movie for no reason. His role could be played by anybody. Um, and I don't like his performance isn't necessarily bad. It's not great or anything, but it's like it, it doesn't need to be Michael Shannon. That's literally everybody except <laughs> the main three people. I would. That's say. true. Yeah, yeah. That could go for pretty much everyone um, in this movie. Uh, but yeah, I don't know why they would agree to this. I think it's it's probably just because they assume with i'm guessing it was like a paycheck thing where you know maybe david o russell pitched it as oh there's going to be all these stars in this movie so it's going to make a ton of money or kind of thing but as far as i can tell this movie is kind of bombing so good uh a and b uh sorry for the actors who clearly didn't want to be in this movie and are probably only in it for the money i don't know if they're doing it for the money though because you know, I don't think you get paid that much unless you're the lead. So I think it's like, oh, here's a small role. It'll be fun. You get to work with these other actors, get to be in this. That could be, yeah. I, yeah. The other thing, this movie seemed like it was like Oscar bait, too, and just mm-hmm. awful. The other thing I want to mention is this was the most unfunny movie I've ever seen. There's like blatant, <laughs> like, you are supposed to laugh right now jokes, and nobody in our theater laughed. Not oh, yeah. a single person at any of the jokes. And it does the thing that uh, people criticize Marvel for, where, like, after a joke is told, there will be, like, a pause for, like, the audience to laugh. And, you know, at least in Marvel's case, you'll have some people that will laugh at most of the jokes. But in this case, just no one was laughing. So there's just this awkward pause. Just this, like, 20% 20 filled theater, and it's just crickets. (laughs) Yeah. It's so embarrassing. (laughs) I just could not believe. I'm like, credit to the people who made the trailer. Because I think the trailer for this, I was like, oh, that looks like a good time. Unbelievably boring. Yeah. I mean, it really does a good job of getting you hyped up with the the large cast. And it really makes you feel like it's going to be this big, epic, sprawling, like, mystery kind of thing. And, like, technically, I guess it is. But it's told in just the most mundane, boring way. Um, Because you mentioned like they go, they just go from person to person and it's, it's even kind of worse than that because they'll just go to one person and try to find out some information and then that person will be like, oh no, you have to go to this other person to learn (laughs) the information you came here for. So it's not like they're, they're getting bits and pieces as they go through their kind of investigation. They just like aren't learning things. It's just like (laughs) the the most grindy side quest to an open world game. Um, and the characters are just not like, okay, like they're supposed to be like eccentric and that's kind of the fun of it, but it just, mm-hmm. like, I just, I don't know. It wasn't fun. Like I, the, maybe it would be fun if they did fun things, but them just sitting and talking to other weird people was not entertaining to me. Mm-hmm. 
yeah no it, it really wasn't and okay i, I want to mention this i i won't i don't think i'll qualify this as a spoiler there's there's a couple things in this movie there's a couple scenes where it feels like clearly these actors are not in the same room as each other just the way that certain scenes are cut together and i think the worst one is there's a flashback towards the beginning of the movie where um it's it's kind of like showing the background of them being the main characters being soldiers in in the world war one and everything and they're at this camp and it keeps cutting to the shot of chris rock and this other guy and it, <laughs> they're never in the same shot as anyone else and the way that it's it's always cut always cuts back to them and whenever they speak there's like no other noise happening so it just kind of feels like he's on a separate sound stage and they're not even like attempting to edit in any sounds to make it feel like he's part of the scene that could be possible so- another explanation <laughs> could be that like we cannot afford to de-age all these people in the same shot or something that like because be. there's that so be. much de-aging in this movie too yeah <laughs> that's true it, it just it felt really I, I feel like even if they had to do it for like monetary reasons there'd just be better ways to edit it in like that because it, it felt so awkward in those bits the theme of this movie is also just the most basic theme <laughs> you know the joke where it's like oh the real stuff is the friends we made along the way you literally could say the real Amsterdam is the friends we made along the way. And that is the <laughs> gosh darn theme of this movie. It is it so is. stupid. And it's like it thinks it's this high class piece of art. And I just wanted to just I I if we were not reviewing this movie on a podcast, I would have walked out of this movie. I just could I not <laughs> stand. I I honestly thought about going and getting a, a drink or something i was like i cannot just sit through this but I'm well like, yeah i th- there was a bit toward especially like when you were falling asleep i was like you know what it, it'd be quite a statement for the podcast you know if we just walked out in the middle of this movie like we just we come on and we're like yeah we hated this movie so much that we just didn't even finish it but we did and yeah. uh we're not we're none the better for it and we paid for it too gosh yeah that's true the things we um, endure for the but, 50 uh, people who will listen to this <laughs> but <laughs> kind of the circling back to like the the themes um it also covers things like you know about racism and uh, uh classes like uh, mon- like classes um and classism uh, classism yeah that's the best word for <laughs> classism and uh you know it's very it's just very surface level things it's basically just like oh you know classism's bad nazis they're no good yeah <laughs> that, that's my favorite one it's like oh you know, fascism you know nazis not good people you know what maybe not. we should not force people force people to be sterilized <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it like obviously I don't have a problem with movies being made where, you know, Nazis are a focus because that'll happen until the end of time. I'm sure Yeah, I'm looking um, forward to Mads Mikkelsen freaking being a Nazi in Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah. It's that, you know, that's always it's fun having them be the villains. But there's there is nothing beyond just, you know, Nazis 
Nazis are bad in this movie. And this movie thinks it has a lot more to say about it. Because once you uncover that it's like a fascism angle to this movie, then it, it the movie really likes to focus on it. A lot of the characters really like to talk about the fact that the fascists are the bad guys in this movie. But they there's nothing there's nothing to it. It's it's literally just Nazis are bad. Like I don't know. It it feels like they there should be more. I don't know. But thank goodness there wasn't, because then I would have to sit through more of this thing. That's true. <laughs> as soon as the credits came on, we left. I was like, I don't, I don't want to sit here. I don't want to find out if there's any. Like usually, we like Google. Oh, is there a post credits? Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting through any. I'm leaving the theater immediately. Yeah, did not want to sit through any more of that because that would have just been terrible. Don't want to, don't want to sit through and recognize the probably talented people that worked on this shitty movie. Yeah, um, yeah, and again, a lot of you know, a lot of people did very good work on this movie. Uh, but the the thing that mattered most, the script, was awful. Yeah. <laughs> so unfortunately, it ruined all the good work all these other people did. Um. So congratulations to whatever this guy's name is. You made a movie that I somehow don't like as much as the movie Men, which is a movie I think is awful. <laughs> so, yeah, it is. It's crazy that this is so low. Like I, I told you before um, the movie that one of the reviews I saw um, before the movie was it, it like the title was just like amsterdam colon the worst movie of the year and i i mean it's it's probably still hyperbolic to an extent but it is pretty close at least as far as what we've seen it's just again my barometer of the quality of a movie is did it achieve or how well did it achieve the what it set out to do and this movie was trying to be this oscar bait best picture drama amazing ensemble thing and it was nowhere close to that yeah nowhere close to that oh my gosh no it was nowhere near that all right i don't i don't i don't know i I guess i can talk very specific things and spoilers maybe for a couple minutes and then we should we should do at least a little spoilers um i'll give my rating first though i think i'm gonna go a two out of ten on this one (laughs) Yeah, I really just do kind of hate this movie. <laughs> the greatest crime a movie could do is be just boring. Yeah, yeah, and it like it's boring bad. Like it, I I don't even think a lot of it is like like production design and stuff is fine, but a lot of it is just bad and boring. It's not boring. It's not bad entertaining. So it's no the room that's for sure it's not you can't make a meme out of it it's not morbius it's like oh i'm gonna ironically watch morbius no (laughs) you ironically watch this movie you're just gonna be bored for two hours and 15 minutes yeah exactly because i mentioned that at the end was like morbius and honestly even jurassic world dominion which i think is also one of the worst movies of the year i like at least that is is memeable and really stupid and entertaining in a way um it's really fun to make fun of that movie yeah um this is not (laughs) it's but yeah yes anyway we can go on to uh, some spoilers for amsterdam if you're 
so for some reason interested in watching this movie i mean i guess we did spoil some stuff when we mentioned fascism i don't i'll hold in <laughs> nobody should see this movie if you've already seen it i apologize if you like this movie that is amazing for you i you must be the most optimistic person of all time and yeah and um yeah but any yeah anyway um we just kind of some more basic spoiler stuff um what bits what bits of the movie did you miss jimmy do you remember all right so we are in spoilers now yeah we're in. okay let me just do a pause so we can get the spoiler bump in there All right. What? Uh. Yeah. What? Well, what bits? parts did I miss? I don't know. Then <laughs> I was. Well, I'm just like, room. do you do you know like when you fell asleep and when you woke up? Oh, like, I maybe don't. I could. I hold on. I've tried to block so much of this out <laughs> of my head. I just remember they're trying to get Robert De Niro to be the event, and mm-hmm. they're in Rami Malek's house for a gosh darn lifetime. Yeah. And then they're at the event, I guess. Did I don't remember. There might have been stuff that happened in between that I was awake for, but <laughs> just tried to block it out. I just want to highlight that my favorite part of the movie was when Taylor Swift gets hit by a car and dies. Yeah, so, okay, I meant to... Maybe we've talked about it. Why do you dislike Taylor Swift so much? I just... I cannot <laughs> stand Taylor Swift. Uh, okay. Just l- listen to all her speeches and... Um, her music's fine, but I just okay. just don't like Fair her. Fair enough. Just yeah. don't. You know what? Maybe if I met her as a person, she would be very sweet, and I would change my mind. But I have no interest in that. And uh, I just also... It didn't even need to be Taylor Swift. Just anybody. That's true. Pretty you know, funny. It, yeah, it it had like almost comedic timing with like how, <laughs> how that scene went. Because I thought it was like meant to be funny, kind of. We both kind of chuckled at it. Well, I was I was just laughing because it was Taylor Swift. Okay, I thought it I thought it was just funny the way it was shot with her getting like a kathunk with the car. <laughs> like, I thought it just from a death pr- perspective, it was kind of funny. Um, but yeah, the movie peaked pretty early on because that's within like the first ten to fifteen minutes, um, and then after that. The other highlight was when we saw Clifford. I was going to say the guy who plays Cliff Maine in Better Call Saul and he's l- just playing Clifford Maine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Ed Bigley Jr. I believe is the actor's name. Um yeah, no, that was great. And that was also just like within a few minutes after Taylor Swift's death. So those two things are the best parts of the movie and it's all very early on. And then we had to suffer through another two hours of movie uh, before we, the uh, the other best part, which is the end. Um, when they look at the, ca- when they literally look in the camera and say, Amsterdam, <laughs> that, okay. Amsterdam. <laughs> I do want to mention, I, so the Amsterdam, that that whole bit at the end is really stupid it's really funny but that kind of reminded me there there are so many bits in this where christian bale is kind of giving a monologue and he's like he constantly keeps going back to like the same scenes like the same flashbacks and it's it's just like retreading the same ground over and over again it's not even like a new scene where he'll like relay the information to a different person he'll just have like flashbacks back to their time in amsterdam and it's like the same scene again and i'm like yeah we get it we we saw this scene earlier in the movie christian bale like we don't need to see it again 
We don't need to see it a third time, Christian Bale. Like, <laughs> calm he was, down. He was trying so hard, Christian yeah. Bale. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he is clearly the one that cares. And his character, like, I think is the, like, has the most going on. But, like, there's still nothing there for me to, like, necessarily care about him. Like, I think his character has a lot of, you know, backstory, like, literal backstory and, like, history within the world. But... I still don't necessarily care about him. There's just not a lot done to make us sympathize with him. Um, in terms of me being asleep, what 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 happened right before the event happened? Like before they're in the big auditorium um, theater place, because I that would be what I was asleep for. I'm trying to think. Um, so they meet with the with the vet with Robert De Niro. Uh, and then the guy there, did you, did you miss the whole part where the guy was like bribing him? I probably, I think you did. I think I looked over and you were missing it. So they're like met with Robert De Niro and there was a guy in the house that was waiting for Robert De Niro. Um, so they talked to him and the guy is like clearly just a member of this fascist organization (laughs) and this Nazi organization. And he's like, oh yeah, I was willing to give you like ten thousand dollars to give this speech in in front of people and then they all decide to take it um and then he'll give the speech at the gala um i think that might have been i'm like looking through the wikipedia summary now to see if i i think that might have just been it before the gala i i fell asleep somewhat earlier too but just to give you a perspective (laughs) Um, of how uh, little you missed for how long you were asleep. I my uh so about an hour into this movie my Apple Watch started tracking my sleep. <laughs> and I was either dozing off or fully asleep long enough during this movie that it thought my getting in walking out of the theater talking to Holden getting in the car and driving 15 minutes home was me getting up in the middle of the night because I had slept for long enough beforehand that that was just an interruption of my 12 hour block of sleep that I had um oh my god yeah yeah that makes sense yeah because you were (laughs) i thought it was really funny i was kind of watching you peripherally like shifting around in your seat trying to find a comfortable position and i was like man if only i had the gall to be able to fall asleep in a theater i don't think i could have if i tried it it just wasn't close enough to my bedtime there were a few things i was thinking about one do i go spend five dollars on a soda to stay Mm -hmm. awake and then i was like but then i would have to watch the rest of the movie Mm-hmm. I thought about literally going to the back row and either standing or standing up or going to the back row and sitting on my just going on my phone <laughs> that <laughs> crossed my mind <laughs> and then finally I was just like no nah, I'm just gonna try to sleep see if I were in your position I would have just done what I did with uh the crimes of Grindelwald and just gone up walked and gone up and walked to the bathroom just for the sake of walking a few times that's what I did through that that entire movie. yeah I would say that your experience during that must have been very similar to my experience during oh this. yeah I think so <laughs> based on based on what you've said absolutely miserable <laughs> it is like what Ramsey Bolton would have done to Theon Greyjoy in the dungeons of whatever castle they were in like chop off his penis followed by making him watch Amsterdam that's even more torturous somehow oh my god um 
I'm trying to, I'm looking up my notes. I did take some notes after the fact because I'm like, this is, and this is coming from me. I don't even like to crap on movies. That's how bad I thought this movie was. Yeah, I'm, I am impressed. I love crapping on movies. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that you are, are also in the same mindset for this one. Um, oh, okay. I did, I did write this down. Um, so none of the characters in this movie feel like they exist off screen. No, do you agree? No, they don't. They all feel like this is just a made up thing that absolutely did not happen. And apparently (laughs) none of it really is historically accurate. Yeah. Apparently the only thing that is, is like kind of true is the, uh, uh, general character played by Robert De Niro is based off of a real guy who, did not go through all of this i uh, he gave some speech against fascists i think but i don't know what context that was in so <laughs> probably completely di- probably was not almost shot at a gala that would be my guess um but i will say uh the probably the third best part of the movie is when robert de niro you know behind clifford maine being in it taylor swift mm-hmm. getting hit by a car is probably robert de niro getting shot at and being like see they're shooting at me right now and he's just still talking that was pretty funny <laughs> that that kind of me that got a chuckle out of me and i don't know if that was supposed to be funny but i'm guessing was like, that right. was supposed to be funny so yeah, okay that that was the one moment of attempted humor in this movie that did land for me um but all right let's you know, be done very, with was, this yeah yeah i'm i'm good <laughs> we can be done with amsterdam let's leave this behind and Never think about it again until we come back to our favorite movies of the year. I did say as we were even as we were walking into the theater, I was like, we could just go to Barbarian again, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we could have. We really probably we should have. Would have, <laughs> would have been a lot better. Uh, Let's see if we can go uh, two for two on just terrible movies with Halloween ends next. You year, know what? I think Halloween time. ends is at least going to be entertaining. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> we won't be bored. <laughs> okay, I do have to talk about this, Holden. Not Amsterdam, but the Halloween Ends trailer, which just cracks me up now. Because <laughs> you know, Holden and I go to a lot of movies together. You know, being mm-hmm. a movie podcast, and you just catch other things that you don't catch the first three times you see a trailer. So Halloween mm-hmm. Ends, when he's like to put Laurie Strode's hand down the uh, garbage disposal, like I didn't realize before that he uses her hand to like turn it on (laughs) (laughs) that scene is like so drawn out it seems like a parody of like of a similar scene i don't we'll see i i'm sure in the movie it's supposed to be very serious and dramatic but it's it's very but i think it's funny he just grabs her hand uses her hand to turn the driver's (laughs) i'm just imagining like a whole ratatouille like situation where he's like he's cooking with laurie strode's hands (laughs) she's a little puppet um you know what? There's a Robert Zemeckis movie somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, there is. All right. Let's be done. Holden, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Well, this week, Jimmy, I did watch a few things, believe it or not. I did watch Werewolf by Night. I won't get into that um, since we'll talk about it next week. Um... But I also watched the new Rob Zombie Monsters movie on Netflix. I heard it's terrible. I, I think it is kind of, but I I have to give mad respect to him because I think he entirely. I, I think it's kind of goes back to what you said about how you scale things. I think he entirely accomplished what he wanted to do. Okay, there we go. Um, 
so I it's like hard because it's so cheesy and so campy and so many uh, so much of it is like I want to say it's terrible but I also think that's a hundred percent what he's going for so I don't like I it's hard for me to grade that movie um I watched it out of pure curiosity based on that trailer um and I didn't hate my time with it I I think it's definitely stronger in its first half but anyway doesn't matter very nice uh the other movie I watched this week, another new Halloween film. I watched Hocus Pocus 2, um, which was a pleasant surprise, I think. I don't have like any nostalgia necessarily for that first one, because I think I just watched it for the first time last year. Um, it's a cute Halloween movie. I can see why a lot of people, you know, it was a childhood favorite. Uh, and the new one, it i was kind of surprised with the direction it took it's not just a complete like rehash or anything like i kind of expected there are some new things and the the sanderson sisters the witches are they're all still great they're they're just chewing it up that entire movie um i think the worst part is there is some really distracting product placement like sonic the hedgehog one <laughs> levels of product placement in this movie they like there's an extended scene that they spend in the walgreens jimmy oh no <laughs> why it's like, like why did they uncharted and what, what? papa john's or whatever it was yeah <laughs> the best line from that movie is i'm literally in a papa john's right now <laughs> um anyway but yeah it's like why a walgreens out of all things and then they're my one of the same i worked in a walgreens holland did you yeah it's like having a job that is watching amsterdam 20 (laughs) (laughs) percent just because nothing happens yeah but anyway yeah if you liked hocus pocus one um i think this is definitely a solid sequel to it i'd recommend it fun fun movie all right well that's Um, good to hear because i've heard other people just don't like it Okay. Yeah, I, I, it definitely has mixed reception. I think a lot of the people that don't like it are people that are really hardcore into the first one, though. So I don't know. Okay. Maybe I'm just less biased than those hack critics. Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, then in terms of TV shows, like I've just been catching or catching up on my usuals did see a new episode of she hulk which finally had daredevil in it and i thought that was pretty good it was probably the best episode of the show so far um, nice how many episodes have there been now eight and there's only one more so next week is the finale um yeah honestly i thought i mean it's not it's not completely like bringing over you know broody same matt murdoch from the netflix show but it's charlie cox is having a lot of fun it's it's not not the same character i'm i'm curious to see what they do with the tv show because it's not like they really delve too deep into him here in a show that isn't his yeah um but i liked him he was he was entertaining he was funny it was it was pretty cool um and then succession still i think i'm halfway through season two uh, still very good still quite liking that um and then i'm just playing yakuza 4 in terms of video games which i am quite liking more and more as i go jimmy so what else what what have you been doing jimmy uh i've been watching the first two episodes or so of the rehearsal uh oh, nice. definitely very nathan fielder-esque so far uh, and then beyond that, I watched our uh, Emily and I watched the end of season three of Game of Thrones. So everything that goes along with that, she saw for the first time. 
Nice. And then I also watched the new Rings of Power episode for the week. There's one more left next week. So, yeah, that's uh, it's. I would say it's gotten better. Okay. So I think it's really. I think it's building to things. There were some nice character moments in this last episode. Um. So we'll see how it it all wraps up. But I will say that the tower that they were like building with Kella Brimbor, the one guy I knew about, they have not mentioned that in like six episodes. <laughs> like has <laughs> completely been going on in the background, which I find really <laughs> funny because I think that is where they're going to make the ring. I don't know. I think it has something important to play, but it'll just come back up in the final episode, I guess, and they're going to show who Sauron is, even though there hasn't been that much buildup to it the last couple episodes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, I think that's it. Holden, all right, you can take us home. Oh, I did want to mention, when you mentioned the rehearsal, I did actually start watching Nathan for you as well. Very nice. Uh, so enjoying that. But... Yeah, um, next week we'll be for sure doing Halloween Ends as well as the new episodes of House of the Dragon and or um, do Werewolf by Night and um, either next week or the, maybe we should wait till the week after. If we're doing yeah. All next week I'll do Lord of the Rings. Uh, we'll do the, the last four episodes. I like that because then it gives me two weeks to hold off watching all four of the uh, the last episodes. Oh, gosh. Um, but, yeah. Um, if you want to leave us a request, you can do so by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes or by emailing us at tauntpodcast at gmail.com or by donating to our Patreon. Jimmy, I think that's it. All right, sweet. Adios, pantalones. Love you. That one movie podcast.